Well, Merry Christmas, Chicagoland Bible Fellowship Church. We are meeting virtually, and um, it's not the same as uh, being able to give give hugs and wish everybody a Merry Christmas face-to-face -face and in person, but I'm going to do my best. Merry Christmas, hug, 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 all that good stuff, and uh, miss you guys, but we're going we're gonna to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth anyway. Um, got a short message with you guys today, because I know you have a lot of things planned, going to visit loved ones or get on the phone and call folks at a distance. And um, I pray that everyone has a blessed day. But we're going to look at the story of the birth of Christ today. I'm going to take a, a, a bird's eye view and a shot from a different perspective on um, the birth of Christ. Uh, maybe some things that you heard, maybe some things that you didn't know, maybe some things that you just... Uh, forgotten um but this it's just the lord laid it on my heart and i wanted to share it with you so um if you got your bibles we're going to get ready we're going to be in matthew chapter two so let's uh let's open up in a word of prayer and prayer is going to be a couple of verses from isaiah's uh, book in the old testament let's pray seek the lord while we can find him call on him now while he is near the Lord will keep us in perfect peace while our minds are stayed on him because we trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Today we celebrate Christ Jesus' birth. Be with us this day, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, the title of my message is, Are You Like the King? And I know you're all probably going, am I like the king? I would like to think I'm like the king sometimes. Uh, am I like Jesus Christ? Let's see, am I loving? Because Jesus Christ is love. Uh, Jesus Christ is kind. Am I kind? Uh, am I forgiving? Uh, the, the, best, the best forgiveness in the world is... Uh, the redemption of um, uh, Christ, what he did for our sins. Am I helpful? Do I help people out? Am I a servant? Do I serve others? Uh, we were talking about this uh, a few weeks ago with a couple of brothers. When's the last time you washed someone's feet? <laughs> when, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet? Well, let me put your mind at ease because you're probably going, well, I, I I gave a homeless person some money a couple of days ago. You know, I did a kind deed and things like that. Am I like, am I like the king? Am I like Christ? I'd like to think so, but I got a long way to go. Well, let me set you at ease. I'm not talking about the king of king and the Lord of lords. I'm talking about King Herod in Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12. We're going to talk about King Herod. Are you like King Herod? So as we go through this, just think through it. And I, I say that kind of jokingly because I know you're not trying to be like King Herod. But just as we go through this, um, you can see some different scenarios that King Herod did and said that are kind of like, wow, you really did that? So in verse 1 and 2, I'm going to chop them up and we're going to discuss it in a little bit more detail. Reading, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, 
where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, the wise men or the magi, in some verses it may say magi, uh, they travel to Bethlehem from the east. Now, that was a trip of at least, think about this, at least 400 miles from the east, like Saudi Arabia area. I'm not saying exactly where, but I'm just giving you an idea. Uh, way from the east. And they traveled either by um, horse, camel, and foot because it was a caravan. So it it would have taken at least uh, two to three weeks on camel and horses for that journey and over a month by foot. So we knew there was a large caravan. So they were probably going really, really slow. So it probably took a long, not probably, it took a long time. There's no probably about it. It took a long time, um, but if they traveled by night, think about this, because they were guided by Christ's star, if they traveled by night in order to see the star, because you can't see the star unless it's nighttime, this would have meant that their journey would have taken even longer because they had to travel by night, well over 40, 50 days or something. Therefore, we can conclude that uh, they were in they were in for a long, long travel time to go visit the Christ child, the King of Kings. And let's dig into a little bit of this about the wise men, the Magi, the men from the East. Who were they? Um, they were, they were uh, very wise men from the East that studied the stars and the heavens. They were well-versed in astrology which was a highly esteemed science at the time. The Magi or the wise men were a tribe of people that descended from the Medes. From the Babylonians to the Roman empires, they maintained a place of tremendous prominence and significance in the Orient. They served as advisors to the royalty. <clears throat> Although the Magi came from a pagan religion, they studied the Old Testament, the knowledge of the true God. They studied it. Like, I mean, they really dug into the word and studied night and day, trying to get more knowledgeable about who God, the true God is. Um, we can, we can also then conclude that the Holy Spirit guided them to understand the prophecies because they weren't Jews, they weren't Israelites. So the Holy Spirit had to guide them to understand the prophecies that predicted the coming of the Messiah, the savior of the world. They, as Gentiles, non-Jewish, uh, non-Israelites, were the ones that actually got, because of their study, they received knowledge through the Holy Spirit of when and where the Savior would come and would be guided by the star. It's ironic and amazing that some of the first individuals in the world to recognize 
the arrival of the King of Kings were Gentiles and not Jews. The people that Jesus was born among, the ones that had the scriptures, that were the priests and the scribes that studied outside of them, the ones that actually really, really found out where he was were Gentiles. That's pretty ironic. In John 10, verse 16, it says, it came upon, it came upon his own, or he came upon his own, and his own received him not. They did not even know he was around. Why did the Magi want to see Jesus? Why did these wise men want to see Jesus? Well, the wise men were notified of the birth of the king of Judah by the appearance of his star, the stars that they had been studying. So by faith, they followed the moving star because they wanted to offer their homage to the newborn king. And it talks about this in the Old Testament um, where Wise men from the east would come and worship and bring gifts to worship the newborn king. And this we see here in Matthew chapter 2, that story unfolding out of Isaiah. And uh, also it talks about the new coming and Micah as well. Uh, in verse 3 and 4, when Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all his chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. King Herod or Herod the Great, as he liked to have people call him, was a pretty jealous king. One, of course, he wasn't saved, so um, he had all the wrong thoughts in his mind about um another king i can't imagine you know his thoughts because they were way far off but i'm, I'm thinking he probably was uh wanting to get rid of this other king as quick as possible so he could stay on his throne you know because he was the ruler yeah I <laughs> um, he didn't want any competition so I'm pretty sure he, it was an emergency situation for him. Uh, in verses five and six, so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now I think, Bethlehem is a small, rural, dirt poor town, probably had a few hundred people, a couple of, just a couple of hundred people at the time of Jesus' birth. And it was really, really poor, no commerce going through there at all, just probably a lot of farmers, maybe some carpenters and stuff like that, that lived there that were just scrapping together some funds to stay alive. Uh, Bethlehem also was the same village that King David was born out of. That's got a good track record in Bethlehem, for real. That, that is pretty awesome. But think about this. How many times have either you or you know someone that's been in a situation that came out of uh, areas, cities, towns, neighborhoods, 
the hood, um, the west side. All right, I got that in there for you, Brandon. The west side, um, people that have came out of those areas where you would think, most people would think, there's nothing good that could come out of there. How could the king of kings, the Lord of lords, be born out of a dirt poor area? So that's something that Christ came out of. And he basically said, I will be the least among you to rule over you because of where I came from. Therefore, anyone that chooses to, uh, I'm setting an example. Anyone, it doesn't matter where you're from, wherever you're from, you can make the best of it with me on your side. In verses seven and eight, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young children. And then you have, when you have found them, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. <laughs> that just sounds a little a little corny coming from a king uh the guy that has priests and scribes you know at his at his beck and call he should know this so how you 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 got to think that a a king now has to kind of humble himself to ask these foreigners from a far off land that he probably has a prejudice against to help him out. Why would he call a secret meeting? Because he probably didn't want to look embarrassed. Uh, the wise men were too intelligent to be bribed or won over with the king's cheap flattery. So the king knew he should not try to um, give a lot of uh, uh, cheap talk to these guys because they would see right through it. And King was pretty arrogant. You know, he was, he was arrogant. He was lazy. He just was really conniving. And, I, and you guys have probably seen people like this where they're trying to run a scam on you or something like that. Um, so now he's the king and he sends them out, but didn't offer any help to them from what it seems. These guys have traveled for hundreds of miles, and then he just turns around and sends them out. <laughs> and think of this. Bethlehem, they told him where the Christ child was born and where he was. Bethlehem was only about five to six miles away from Jerusalem. Where they were discussing this, it was only five or six miles away. And I know the king has his own chariots and stuff like that, or even people that would probably carry him in a chair uh, above their head, that they could have probably took him there five or six miles, and it would have took maybe a half an hour, maybe an hour, and he, he, couldn't, he couldn't go himself. Amazing. Amazing. Verse 9, 10, and 11. When they heard the king, the wise men, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood 
over where the young child was. I want to stop and kind of picture that. Can you imagine following a star? The star is actually moving and guiding you to where it, it was, it was a, a modern day GPS. <laughs> the star is moving and then it just stops. And then you look down and it's hovering over, the star is hovering over a home and it's like, okay, uh, you have reached your destination. <laughs> oh man, they had to be going, this is pretty cool. This star is just taking us there. When, I, when they saw the star, verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. In verse 11, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse six, it says, vast caravans of camels will converge on you. The camels of Midian and Ephraim. The people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. They had to be so excited. They're finally there at their destination. Man, a journey. It was a long journey, but they probably didn't even think about how long it took or how hot it was or how cold it was because they were focused on the mission to go worship the Christ child. The child had to be several months old, if not over a year old, because of the timeline. And, and let's look at this, because this is pretty important, the timeline. In Jewish tradition, eight days after a child is born, according to uh, Masiak custom, Jewish children, or Jesus, was taken to the temple to be circumcised. So after eight, eight days, the Masiatic uh, custom is to have a child circumcised after eight days and then given his name at Jerusalem. So they were at Jerusalem to have this done. So they, they when the child was born, after eight days, they were in Bethlehem, child was born in Bethlehem. After eight days, they took the child to Jerusalem, to the temple, where the priests actually circumcised him and gave him his name. And then they went back to Bethlehem. And 40 days after the child was born, they took him back to the temple to dedicate him to God because he was the firstborn child and he was a male. And it was custom, Jewish custom, to take the child back after 40 days to dedicate him to God being a male child firstborn. Then the wise men came after all of that had been done. They did not see a baby in the manger. They did not, when the wise men came, they did not see a baby in a manger. The wise men did not start traveling until Christ was born. 
the distance was over 400 miles. And it, the caravan probably had over or close to 100 people in the caravan. They did not travel. You got to remember, wise men, magi, they were very intelligent people. Uh, they were highly esteemed. They had servants. So those type of people are not going to travel alone. They're going to have servants. They're going to have probably farmers with them, probably um, um, engineers with them. Um, just they're going to probably have cooks with them. Uh, they probably have hunters. They probably have guards. So a lot of people came with this caravan. Now, and, and think about this. So it's close to 100 people that come up into Bethlehem, a town of 200. And then you have literally half the size of the town coming to visit one small itty-bitty place where the Christ child was in Bethlehem. I think it drew a little attention. <laughs> it drew a lot of attention. And, you know, after they, uh, Mary and Joseph, received these gifts from the uh, the wise men, the magi, they were probably in pretty good financial position. Um, I, I think this is where the concept of baby showers comes from. So after you have the child, <laughs> you have, you know, or before you have the child, you have a baby shower and you kind of start off in a good position because you don't have to buy a lot of things yourself for the child. You give them gifts. That's why I look at this. This is my crazy imagination, but that's the idea I get from this. It was a, it was a baby shower, but after the baby was born, but financially, Hey, they were given gold. So they were probably, and you got to remember Bethlehem was a poor town. Not too pretty, not too many people had gold in this town, if any. Um, and, and by now the people at Bethlehem are starting to realize Mary and Joseph, they've got, uh, there's that child, that child is something special. Cause remember the shepherds, after being told by the angels about the birth of Jesus, they told everybody they could in the town about the Christ child. So this is literally months later. And then this huge caravan comes into Bethlehem and they see all this and they've got to be going, wow. Okay. I, I, something's something, something's great about this child. So as we wrap this thing up, in verse 12, it says, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So we see the divine protection that was surrounding Jesus Christ. The wise man probably had to travel further because they took a different route in order to avoid King Herod. They did not want to tell King Herod where the king was because of the dream that they were given by God and to protect the child. Remember, the Christ child had been in, not the, <laughs> this, this is pretty amazing too. Remember, the Christ child had been in the temple to be circumcised and to be dedicated. So he was right in the midst of King Herod. How easy could it have been for King Herod to take hold of him then? Because he was right there. He actually came to <laughs> where King Herod was and then left back out. You could see God orchestrating 
this whole thing, Christ's birth, Christ's protection, it's just amazing. He also orchestrated our lives. So on this day, on this Christmas day in 2022, will you allow Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to guide your life? When things seem like they're out of control and there's no way out, he will make a way of escape, just like he made a way of escape for Jesus Christ, Joseph and Mary. He's a way maker. Never, never doubt. Never give up on God because he never gives up on you. When authority figures ask you to do the wrong thing, and you stay obedient by faith. That's what he's calling you to do. He will blind the eyes of your enemies. And make them not understand. When times get overwhelmed. And you're in need. He will bring alongside you. Someone to help you. All the time. You think back in your life, however long you've been on this earth, how many times you've ever ran into difficult situations, how many times he came to your rescue. He will do marvelous things in your life, in my life, where you will only be able to praise him for what he has done in and through your life. I'm so thankful for uh, what he's done in my life. Are you? Let's be like King Jesus and not like King Herod. We'll close in the benediction. Galatians chapter four, verses three through seven. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are Sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. Thank you, Chicago and Bible Fellowship. And Merry Christmas.